The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and knelradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on the Network Live, we're going to be continuing our series, Living in His Presence, with Pastor Robert Morris of South Lake, Texas. To hear this message in its entirety, please find our podcast on iTunes and Podbean.com. Now here's Pastor Robert Morris with part two of Living in His Presence. All right, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. So we'll begin in Isaiah 14, and we'll flip over to Ezekiel 28. We're in a series called Living in His Presence. And last week, the title of the message was His Presence. And we talked about the difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. This week, uh, you may kind of wonder where I'm going, it'll be a little different, but the title of the message is His Instruments, His Instruments. And I'm gonna talk about instruments, not just us as instruments, but musical instruments. And I don't know if you've ever thought about how much of a part music plays in our culture and in our society and around the world and how much of a part music is in our worship services and worship to God. And so we're gonna talk about instruments, and I'm gonna take you back and give you a little bit of history, biblical history about instruments, all right? So here's my three questions for you. Here's the first question. Why did Satan fall? Most believers know that Satan is an angel, and he, but he is a fallen angel, and he fell from heaven, and a third of the angels fell with him. But why did he fall? In one word, if you were to say one word, why, why did he fall? Now, you might use the word pride, and that's a good word, but actually I believe that the one word to describe why Satan fell is worship. And I want to show it to you in Scripture, in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Now, before we go on, let me just say, you're going to see what uh, we theologians would call the five I wills of Satan. The five things that he said in his heart that caused him to fall from heaven. Um, All of these, though, have to do, I want you to watch, It 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 will probably just blow you away, all of them have to do with being lifted up or exalted, which would be worship. We praise the one who is the most high. All of these have to do with worship. So watch how many of these words have to do with being lifted up or exalted or high or above, all right? So verse 13, for you, talking to Lucifer now, you have said in your heart, I will ascend. Now that's go up, I wanna go up higher into heaven. Remember, he was already in heaven. 
He wanted to go higher into heaven. I will exalt, there's a word to talk about being lifted up, exalt my throne above, not below, above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount. The mount would be the highest part of a mountain. The mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. North is up on on a map. Verse 14, I will ascend, that's go up, above the heights, that's high, of the clouds. Clouds are up, they're high. And then notice the word he uses to refer to God because we're talking about being high or up or lifted up or exalted. I will be like the most high. He didn't say the most holy, which he could have said, or the most loving or the most compassionate or the most just. He decides to use the word high. I will be like the most high. Watch God's response, verse 15. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths, opposite of heights, of the pit. Satan wanted to be lifted up. He wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be, if you want to just put it straight out, he wanted to be worshiped. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted people to draw attention to him. He wanted people to honor him. As you've probably heard theologians say or pastors say, we're all born with an Adamic nature. Uh, Adamic means like Adam, a nature like Adam's. Uh, I don't want to disappoint you. We were born with an Adamic nature, but if you want me to go a little bit farther, Adam was not the original sinner. Satan was. Again, I know this is going to be tough. You didn't come to church to hear this, but you were actually born with a satanic nature. Isn't that great for the pastor to tell you that? (laughs) We were born with a nature that wanted to be lifted up, wanted to be, wanted to be exalted. We wanted people to look at us, wanted people to talk about us, wanted people to compliment us. That, that's, that's our old nature. You're looking at me like, "Mm, I don't know. Okay. I'll prove it to you since you asked. One simple question, who's the first person you look for in a group picture? Huh? And if you don't look good, the whole picture's bad. Don't look at that picture. That's a bad picture. That's a bad picture. Satan always wants to turn the conversation to himself. Did you realize Jesus always turned the conversation to his Father or the Holy Spirit? Always, they said to Jesus, well, we love the miracles that you do. And he said, I don't do anything unless I first see the Father do it. They said, well, um, okay, we love the teachings that you give. I don't say anything unless I first hear the Father say it. Well, the works that you do are great. Well, the one coming after me is going to do greater works. He just always turned that attention. The more, listen, the more you become like Christ, the more you turn the conversation to Christ and others and off of yourself. So Satan started out before we were even created wanting to be worshiped. You know, it's great about the Bible because we not only have the beginning of the book, the first book, we have the end of the book. Satan, even in the end, still wants to be worshiped. Revelation 13, 4, so they worship the dragon. 
Now, I didn't give you this scripture, but I'll just give it to you if you want it for your notes. Revelation 12, 9 tells you who the dragon was, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. That's, that's, so Satan's the dragon. Now watch, Revelation 13, 4. So they worshiped the dragon. They worshiped. They worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who is able to make war with him? I just want you to notice what they said. Who is like the beast? And who is able to make war with him? That should jump out at you because those are lines from Old Testament songs about God. Who is like our God? And who is able to make war with him? And here in the end times, we have people singing that about Satan. Satan's plan has been and is and will be in the future to steal worship from God. Uh, matter of fact, this is amazing to me, he actually tried to get Jesus to worship him. Matthew 4, verses 8 and 9, again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down now, underline fall down, it's important. I'll tell you why in a moment. And worship me. That's amazing. <laughs> he even tried to get Jesus. If you don't think he wants worship, he tried to get Jesus to worship him. But I want you to notice how he phrased it. If you will fall down and worship me. Listen to me carefully. Worship is always expressed. Always. See, he didn't just say, if you'll worship me. He said, if you'll fall down. The reason worship is always expressed is because worship is love, and love is always expressed. You have to express your love. The reason I'm saying this is because there are many people that will come to church and not express their worship. Men. <laughs> and they say things like this, well, I'm just not an expressive person. But Sunday night when the cowboys come on and some big guy carries a pig across a chalk line and you start going, Woo! don't tell me you're not expressive. Or if you find that cute little girl that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you'll become expressive all of a sudden. I remember one time, one of our pastors here on staff, this was before he was on our staff, he was pastoring another church, and he and I traveled together a lot and did prophetic ministry. And we went to real small churches. This was years and years ago, over 20 years ago probably, maybe 25. And so we go to small churches, and sometimes we'd stay in homes because they couldn't afford a hotel room. And, and then if we did stay in a hotel room, you know, we stayed in the same room because they could only afford one. And and we'd get the one with the two queen beds, you know. And I, I remember one time we had been ministering in a church. We were sharing a hotel room. I went in to brush my teeth, get ready for bed, you know. And uh, he, he called his wife. This was back before he had cell phones. So he's on the, sitting on the edge of the bed on the hotel phone, you know. And uh, I finished brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed. And I came out of the room. And he didn't know I was there. He was talking to his wife. We'd been gone five days. And this is what he said. Baby, your man's coming home. 
He's, mm-hmm, yeah, I love you too. Yes, I do. I do. Yes, I do. And then he noticed out of the corner of his eye. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. He was fine expressing his love until there was another man there. Can I just say it one more time? Men, your kids are watching you. When you come to church, they need to see that a real man expresses his love. They need to see that. So why did Satan fall? He fell because he wanted to be worshiped. Here's number two. Who created instruments? Well, I want you to know that Satan did not create instruments, but God created instruments. And I'm going to show you something shocking. Right there in Isaiah 14, we started at verse 12 a moment ago. This is talking to Lucifer, no doubt about it. Look at verse 11. It says, your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your stringed instruments. Look, look, there it is, right in your Bible. (laughs) And the sound of your stringed instruments. Some versions say harps. Brought down the shield. Now look at Ezekiel 28. Just go over some, because I want you just to remember stringed instruments. Try to remember that. The prophecy talking about Satan talked about his stringed instruments. And then he fell because he wanted to be worshiped. Ezekiel 28, this is a prophecy given to a man. So was Isaiah 14, by the way. Isaiah 14, verse 4 says, You'll take up this proverb against the king of Babylon. And yet we know it was talking to Lucifer. It's, it's common in Bible language to talk to the spirit behind the man. As a matter of fact, there's a very famous time when that happened. You already know about it. Jesus spoke to a man, but he was talking to Satan. Remember? He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Okay, so this is talking to the king of Tyre, but it's talking to Lucifer, and you'll know for sure it's talking to Satan. You'll be able to tell for sure. Ezekiel 28, look at verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection. Okay, this is talking about Lucifer before the fall. Not talking about the king of Tyre. Watch. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And here's how you know for sure it's talking about Lucifer. Verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Okay, just so you know, biblically, historically speaking here, this this is the king of Tyre lived 3,400 years after Eden, the garden of God. You were in Eden, the garden of God. The king of Tyre was not in Eden. There were four persons in Eden. Adam, Eve, God, and Satan. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Watch. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship, we'll come back to this later, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created, not born, created.
created. Now watch verse 14. You are the anointed cherub who covers. Look at me just for a moment. What's a cherub? An angel. And an anointed angel who covered or who had authority. There, there are three archangels or ruling angels in heaven. Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Of course, Lucifer fell. Let's keep going here. Let's, let's, you were the, an anointed angel who covered, who, who had authority. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. That's Satan. By the abundance of your trading, I'll come back and explain the word trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you. Satan's the one that got kicked out of heaven. I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, angel, from the midst of the fiery stones. Okay, this is talking about Lucifer. Um, he says, the reason you were kicked out is because of your trading. Old King James says merchandising. Let me explain to you what this word means from the Hebrew. Um, let's just say that I owned a, a men's clothing store and Pastor Todd uh, worked for me at the, at the men's clothing store. And you came in to buy a suit, and you got fitted for a suit, and he said that'd be $300, and you gave him three $100 bills. He put $200 bills in the cash register, and he put a $100 bill in his pocket. That's merchandising. That's what this Hebrew word means. It means that he's not the owner of the store. That that money does not rightfully belong to him. It belongs to the owner of the store. It was only supposed to pass through his hands, and yet he reached out and grabbed some of it. That is exactly what Satan did. Satan was the worship leader in heaven before the fall, and the worship was supposed to pass through his hands to the rightful owner, and he reached out and took some of it. And when he did, it was a cosmic violation, and immediately he was kicked out of heaven because God is the only one worthy to be worshiped. And the reason I say he was the worship leader is because he was created with instruments. Remember, I said there are three archangels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. There are three pillars on which the church is built, the word, prayer, and worship. Every time we come together as a congregation, we're gonna have worship, we're gonna pray, and we're gonna have the word, right? When you have a quiet time, you should have worship, you should pray, and you should read the word. When you look at these three archangels, uh, when you look at Michael, every time you see Michael in scripture, he's answering prayer. Daniel chapter 10, he, he comes to answer the prayer of Daniel. Help the prayer get through, so he's answering prayer. He rules over prayer. Every time you see Gabriel in Scripture, he's bringing the word of the Lord. He brought the word of the Lord to Mary, the mother of Jesus. He brought the word of the Lord to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. He brings the word of the Lord. So Michael rules over prayer, Gabriel over the word. Lucifer used to rule over worship. But he got kicked out. And here's how I know he ruled over worship. You remember Isaiah 14 said, the sound of your stringed instruments. And look at verse 13 of Ezekiel 28. It says, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. Okay, this is easy to figure out what the first word means, timbrels. What would be an English word for a timbrel? A tambourine. You've seen them, a tambourine. A timbrel is a percussion instrument. That's what it means here. Pipes means wind instruments, pipes. 
something you blow through to make a sound, like a clarinet or a flute or a trumpet. Now listen, here we have in Isaiah 14 strings, and here in Ezekiel 28, it says the workmanship of your percussion instruments and your wind instruments were created, were prepared for you on the day you were created. Now I don't know if you ever thought about this, but you have all three of those instruments in you. And those are the three classifications. All instruments fall into one of those three classifications, all instruments. All instruments are they're either strings, percussion, or wind, all instruments. And wind, we divide between uh, brass and reed, but it's still wind. You have to blow through it to make, it make a sound. But all instruments, all of them either have strings, or they're percussion, or they're wind. And you were created, Satan was created with all three of those instruments in him. You saw it, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, the sound of your stringed instruments and the workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. But I'm telling you, you have all three of those instruments in you. You have percussion instruments. I'm pretty good at that. Okay, you have percussion. You say, okay, let me think about the other strings. Oh, I have vocal cords. You have strings in your throat, right? And you think, well, what about wind? Well, how do those strings operate? How do those cords operate? They operate when wind passes over them. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> now you see why I don't sing on the worship team because the, the rest of the worship team would just, they'd just be so intimidated. You know, they just, <laughs> wasn't that funny? All right, it might have been. (laughs) Listen to me, I want you to catch this. Satan was created with instruments, but he fell. And then God created you with instruments. That's amazing to me. There's more that happens when musical instruments are played and we sing than what you think. Let me just read you a couple of scriptures. First Chronicles 13, eight, David and all of Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, there are strings, on tambourines, there's percussion, on cymbals, percussion, and with trumpets, there are the wind instruments. Here's an amazing verse, 1 Chronicles 25, 1. Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph, of Heman, and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, string instruments, and cymbals. Listen, David taught his musicians how to prophesy on their instruments. And here's an amazing one, 2 Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeteers and the singers were as one. And you've you probably experienced this in a worship service. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, that when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, 
the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Let it be, let it be. That's what we wanna see in church. We wanna see God's glory fill the house of God. And it happens when you worship and praise him with instruments. Instruments are more important than you think. When I was at uh, Shady Grove Church, there was a young lady that she was invited by her, uh, by a guy that, uh, I mean, a, a lady that she worked with to church. And so she came during worship. She got so convicted because she could sense the presence of the Lord. And so at the end of the service, when the time was given to come forward and give your life to the Lord or have prayer for something, she, she got saved. She goes home, she's living with a guy who played an instrument in a rock band, and she said to the guy, and she's living with him, she said, I'm moving out. He said, why are you moving out? She said, I got saved today. He said, what do you mean you got saved? She told him about it. And no one had to tell her that living together before marriage was a sin. She just got saved. She just knew this is not right. Never been to church, he'd never been to church. She said, I got saved, I'm moving out. He said, well, I, I wanna get saved too. And he really did. It wasn't because he wanted her to stay. He, he said, I, I won't, I've been looking for God my whole life. So she said, okay, you come to church with me this next week. And she didn't quite understand. She said, now you're gonna feel God's presence in worship. And then they're going to say, and this is the way she thought of it, if you're a visitor, you know, then come down and accept Jesus. So they go and during worship, he started getting sick. This is, I heard him share this testimony in a small group. He said, I started getting physically sick. And he said, he said, I, I remember thinking, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up right down the back of this lady in front of me. It's gonna hit her in the back of the head and it's gonna go down her dress. And that's what he was thinking. And he said to his girlfriend, he said, I have to leave, I'm sick. Here's what she said. She been saved one week. She said, it's the devil, shut up. And he said he actually thought, I think she's right, I think it's the devil trying to keep me from getting saved. And he said the presence of God was so strong, I wanted to get saved, I wanted to get saved. And all I could remember her saying was visitors. When they, when, they, when they asked the visitors to come forward, then you go forward. And we had a guest speaker that day, so Pastor Olin wasn't preaching, so he decided to do you know, the welcome and introduce the guest speaker. So he gets up and says, I wanna welcome all the visitors. This guy heard the word visitor, got up and walked down to the front. <laughs> and he's standing at the altar, standing there. Everybody else is seated. Pastor Olin said, uh, hey. <laughs> he said, hey. He said, uh, can I help you? And the guy said, yes, I'm a visitor. Pastor Olin said, well, um, great, um, we're glad to have you. He said, um, is there something else I can do for you? Now, this is the way he thought. He thought members were saved and visitors weren't. You know, that's what he thought. And so he was kind of a little, little perturbed with Pastor Olin for not understanding. He said, yes, he said, I'm a visitor. I'm going to hell, I need to be saved, I'm a visitor. <laughs> and Pastor Olin said, um, why don't y'all sing another song and let me visit with this young man? And he led him to Christ right there because of the presence of God. That's what we're talking about. So why'd Satan fall? He fell because of worship. 
Who created the instruments? God created the instruments in Lucifer, and then after Lucifer fell, he created them in you. And here's point number three. What, what did God do? What did God do? Well, he did probably a little more than you think he did. Genesis 1 verse 2 is a real strange verse. Doesn't seem to go with verse 1, doesn't seem to go with verse 3. Lots of theories about it, one called the gap theory. But it just doesn't go at all because this is what it says. It says the, the earth, it says God created the heavens and the earth, but then it says the earth was without form and void and darkness covered it. Okay, most theologians believe that that is when God threw Satan to the earth. And Satan brought, without form in the Hebrew means chaos. He brought chaos. Void means emptiness. He brought emptiness, and of course he brought darkness. So he brought chaos and emptiness and darkness. Let me tell you what God did. God said, let's take care of these three things. First of all, let there be light. And the... Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.